You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, Hot Take Hot Box on the eve of the Phillies' first World Series game since 2009, a fateful day in 2009 when we had to play the Yankees. I actually would rather play the Yankees at this point, but that's not the point. I am not scared of any team that is put in front of us. I am joined by the Dean, Derek. Uh, you have been a loyal Phillies fan your entire life. Is this one of the most uh, magical seasons you've ever experienced since uh, since you've been uh, supporting the team? Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty surreal because, I mean, like we talked about kind of earlier before we got started here, but, you know, most of the season it was just, oh, you know, hope they get in, hope they get in, and then in September, like, you were pretty confident they were going to get in when you saw the schedule. And then, you know, they get swept out by the Cubs and didn't look great early in September. They lost to the Diamondbacks. You're kind of questioning a lot of things. And it was like, all right, maybe they'll just sneak in. You know, you're kind of, oh, I don't even want them to just back in. You want them to kind of earn it. And then, you know, it takes till the last series. You're going to Houston and you have to, you know, probably play what was the best team in baseball at the time and, and win to get in and, Aaron Nola comes out and throws what looked like at one point he was going to throw a perfect game. And, yeah. you know, you just get in and you're like, all right, we're in. You know, got a tough road. And next thing you know, here we are. Here we are. Uh, Reese Hoskins has turned into a mythical figure. Uh, Bryce Harper continues to be the most clutch human being I've uh, I've ever seen in, in my life. Because uh, it just seems like now, ever since he's uh, done the Phillies jersey, that it's just... If they need a home run in a certain spot, he's just going to do it. Like, it's not even a question. Guys on base, grand, you, oh, we need a grand slam to tie the game? Okay, yeah, I got it. Uh, we need a home run to go to the World Series? Yeah, I got it. Uh, it just, uh, like you kind, of, you kind of just said, like, a lot of this just doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, Aaron Nola's historically been awful in September and has never seen October. And now, you know, down the stretch in September, he was almost untouchable. He almost throws a perfect game in Houston. Then... The first two games of his playoff, well, I guess, yeah, I guess the first two games of the playoffs, he was incredible, not as so much in the NLCS, but I guess uh, we could sit and recap the whole run all we want, but I guess I kind of want to talk about what we feel like we match up with, like how the matchup with Houston is, because Houston's obviously just like a, like the Death Star in Star Wars, like they are just the, the they have everything. They are a, an incredible baseball team. They've been to the World Series for the last six years. They they cheated. They've you know they they they've been all over the place. But I just want to hear how you feel. We match up with them because I mean I guess you could argue we could, didn't match up well with the Braves. The Braves had our number and we cooked them. So I guess it doesn't really matter on paper what happens. But how do you feel going into the World Series? Yeah, I mean at this point you're in a seven game series. You got to win four games. Um, it, it, I think it's going to be all hands on deck. They're going to do whatever they have to do to, to win. Um, I, you, you know kind of what the Phillies are going to do. They're going to roll the same lineup out there in game one against Verlander and Stott and, and Marsh. And your guess is probably game two, you're going to see Veerlin and Sosa. That's what they've done, you know, all the play, all playoffs. They've taken their two worst left handed hitters out of the lineup, replaced them with two righties, you know, tried to get the righty lefty matchup to swing in their favor. Um, you have Nola and Wheeler. They have 
Verlander, they have Valdez, they have McCullers, they have a good they have a good pitching staff. Yeah. Um, but at, at this point, there's nothing that that tells me that the Phillies can't win. Um, we've kind of seen them them do everything they need to do, even with some suspect defense mixed in there and some suspect pitching performances here and there, and they've kind of tightroped around it. Um, but I think the biggest thing I've been talking to people about is. A couple of things that you have to do in the playoffs that the Phillies have done is number one, you have to get good starting pitching, and ninety-eight percent of the games they've gotten really good starting pitching. That's step one. Yeah. Um, Nola's looked like an ace. He had a bad start in San Diego, but when you have two guys that can go out and are capable of kind of just shutting down a lineup, that's huge. Um, number two is like in the playoffs, and the, the Phillies have done a really good job doing this and neutralizing on the other end. Is your stars have to carry you? They have to go. Um, and, and the Phillies guys. Even Castellanos has gotten in on it. I mean, Schwarber, Real Muto, Hoskins, Harper, Castellanos, they're going and they're getting the hits in the big moments. And if you look in these other series, uh, Olsen hit the big home run, kind of meaningless in, in the in Atlanta, got them back in the game, but the Phillies had a big enough lead. Um, they neutralized Acuna pretty good in that series. And then Machado and Soto hit four homers, but they had four solo homers, and it didn't really hurt the Phillies. Yeah. Um, and the back end of the Phillies lineup has produced, and the teams they've played, they've been able to shut down the back end of their lineups. And when you can get some production out of six through nine and just some walks, some base runners to kind of flip it over to your the meat of the order, your go-to guys, that's huge. And if you notice, there hasn't been a lot of situations where the other team's best players have really come up with in big situations with a lot of men on base to do damage. And then the last thing has just been the bullpen, um, something the Phillies just haven't had yeah. really ever. I mean, Brad Lidge was a really good closer. But they have not had two guys that can just come in, flame-throwing guys, and just say, hey, here's my fastball. I'm showing it to you. You're getting it. And, you know, do something with it. And nobody has really been able to do anything with it. Dominguez got a little wild in the rain. I think it was a little combination of the weather. I think he kind of choked a little bit because not a, most of the other pitchers in that game didn't really have much trouble with <laughs> yeah, the weather. He was the only but, guy who couldn't throw it but, over the plate. I mean, two guys that the Phillies just have never had two guys where you can go to and say, all right, I'm going to use my best versus their best, and we're just going to throw it by them, and, and that's been huge. Yeah, and uh, like you kind of mentioned, the bottom half of the Phils <clears throat> lineup has been huge. I mean, having a guy like Segura at the bottom of the lineup who just seems like he, at the very least, is giving good at-bats. Same with Stott. Stott's seeing pitches. He's making the pitchers work. They're just getting quality at-bats from the bottom of the lineup other than probably that eight or I guess nine position with Marsh or Veerling haven't really given you much overall. But I mean, Marsh hit the home run. Like they've all had their own spots where they've come up huge and made their impact, made their mark on the playoffs. But uh, I mean, I think it, I mean, I've heard uh, that do, is this true that the Astros have no left-handers coming out of the bullpen? Yeah. So I know during the regular season, they use the least percentage of their innings out of their bullpen by left-handed pitchers of any team in baseball. I think they may have one guy out there. Um, now they might change it up. They might add a guy to the uh, world series roster knowing Phillies are a little bit left-handed heavy. Um, but a lot of their right-handed, they still have really good numbers against left-handed hitters. Yeah. Um, even though they're throwing a lot of righties, but I think just the fact that they're literally not left-handed hitters is going to be, or pitchers is going to be big for the Phillies. Um, even though you're facing good right-handed pitchers, that right left matchup is just a lot more comfortable for those left-handed hitters, you might get a worse left-handed pitcher have more success against a lefty just because of the left-left look. You get those lefties trying to cheat a little bit more. It's a little bit funkier of a look. So just the fact that they're not going to see many left-handed relievers is, is really big. And they're probably only going to see 
one real lefty for a majority of the game, and that's going to be Valdez, who's got a pretty good breaking ball. But like I said, the Phillies will probably take those two lefties out the back. You'll have Harper, you'll have Schwarber, and then they'll just stack you know, with a lot of righties behind it. Yeah, and you won't see guys like Hill and uh, Hayter and just guys with these, like you said, funky deliveries coming kind of sidearm. I mean, Hill was almost throwing submarine in some of the – I mean, and that that's almost un, un, impossible for those uh, left-handers to hit, it seems like, especially, you know, Schwarber's just like, all right, just waving at pitches and whatnot. But, yeah, I, I – um. I guess I have a, like I guess if you would ask me before the season or, or not even before the season before the playoffs like Astros are probably the last team I wanted to play, but now that we've seen this play out and we've seen just the Phillies kind of come into their own and become this team that really they haven't been all season long. I, I'm not I'm truly not scared of of anyone or anything that they have to offer. I do feel like it's a pretty good matchup. Uh, they have a solid. Solid lineup. I mean, Jeremy Pena wins the AL the AL, ALCS MVP for them. He's kind of come into his own. He's a rookie. It's that's been pretty incredible. Dusty Baker's still wearing those psychopath black gloves, which is a little bizarre. I don't know. They're like latex gloves. It really freaks me out every time I see it. Uh, I just think we're gonna need, like you said, I think if we can count on Nola and Wheeler to give us two quality starts. Then if they can get this back to Philly at the very least 1-1, it's kind of a similar situation that they've been in this whole season. But I don't know. Something tells me we can't just count on winning every single game at home, right? I mean, I, I, this, I mean I'm, maybe it can happen, but so, you know, at some point it has to end, right? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I could be wrong, but I would have to believe that to win this series, you're probably going to end up winning it in Houston if you're going to win it. Um, I just don't see you winning it before game five. Um, I mean, before game five ends. The Astros are just too good of a team. They haven't lost in the playoffs yet. They're a 100-plus win team. You're probably not just going to roll into a series and, and beat them 4-1. Um, if you get one and one, that's great. Hopefully you come home and can get two and you're 3-2 going back to Houston and you got to earn one on the road. Um, it's not going to be easy. No. That's the. Um, uh, I think it's... Even though a lot of the games have been close, it, it, it's been almost easy for the Phillies so far. They've won all the series pretty handedly. Um, but, yeah, the, the Astros are not just going to lay down. There's not going to be a game where the Phillies have a lead or the Astros are just going to go away. Uh, so it, it's going to be tough. And, again, it's going to be about, you know, getting good starting pitching and can you neutralize, you know, their guys. Can you keep Altuve down? Can you keep Bregman down? What do they do at Alvarez? Um, it's going to be really tough. The, the good thing about – the Phillies is they have three starting pitchers who are really, really, really good strike throwers, and the Astros are a team who do not chase. Um, yeah, you cannot walk them. And with Wheeler, Nola, and and Suarez, they're guys who throw a ton of strikes, um, which I think will really play big for the Phillies because they'll be in the zone and they shouldn't hurt themselves as far as putting extra guys on base. Now that comes, you know, at a cost. You throw good hitters a lot of strikes, and they're going to do some damage. But we haven't seen many people do damaged to Zach Wheeler yet. Um, when Noel was on, I mean, he had a perfect game versus Houston to go into the seventh inning. Yeah. Um, and, and Ranger Suarez, hopefully, you know, in Philly, he'll be able to play off the crowd a little bit. Maybe that'll affect Houston, and, and, and that'll help him. Um, I think Houston, the one thing about playing at Houston that could benefit the Phillies is you can get some cheap home runs there. And if the Phillies, I mean, we've seen at this point, they're basically a team at this point They'll, they're going to work some walks. They're going to hit some singles, but they're probably going to live and die by the home run. And 
if Harper or Schwarber can sneak a couple of cheapies in there into the Crawford box on left field, or, you know, Castellanos can flip one out cheap the right field. Like those can be difference makers. Now the Astros can hit them as well, but I think going into Houston, it's going to be a tough place to play, but the way that stadium set up may set up perfectly just for the Phillies to maybe steal one, sneak a couple cheap home runs out there and kind of, you know, come back to Philly with a little bit of a roll. I mean, you're right. Like you look at all the the uh, majority of the runs, but that was kind of what was like blowing my mind, especially in that game one in Atlanta, where they kind of would they score seven runs with no home runs, which is like unheard of for the Phillies, like manufacturing runs, bunting guys over. I know how. I, yeah, that's not going to happen a lot in playoff baseball, especially with the caliber pitching. You see, you're not going to yeah. stack 10, 11, 12, 13 hits, but if you can stack one or two and a home run behind it, or a walk and a single and a home run behind it. And you kind of saw in in the, the Saturday night game four, yeah. Where I mean, they just hope they just out homered the Padres. The Padres hit a bunch, got a bunch of hits in the first inning off Falter, but the Phillies answered a homer. And then they come back with another homer, and then Schwarber hits a homer, and then Real Muto hits, a, and they just out homered the Padres. And that was one of the things the Padres didn't handle velocity very well, and the Phillies were able to use Wheeler, who has velocity twice, and their back end arms were able to just throw balls by the Padres and. The Padres relievers who are pretty good, they made mistakes and the Phillies made them pay for it. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at it, we probably should have swept them had Nola. Nola just did not have his stuff in that uh, game too. And he kind of, I think there's a big thing to be said about momentum in the playoffs. And in, just even in individual games, not even for like the whole series. Say Nola goes out there, go out there after they score those four runs and they shut them down. It kind of takes the air right out of San Diego, and maybe they don't aren't able to respond, and maybe Nola's able to go five six strong. You know, uh, that them coming back and hitting two home runs right away kind of just let them back in the game and gave them that hope and belief that they could come back. Similar to like you just mentioned in that Saturday game when we were down four nothing, it was kind of like, oh my god, like this is we're just getting like we're getting blitzed right now. There's nothing we can do, and we come back walk home or to start the game it's like oh no we're not going anywhere we're in this game so oh yeah i was at that game and it was like you know the stadium still had some energy as the first inning you knew you had 27 outs to come back but i mean what clevenger came out and did basically cost san diego the series yeah um, if he comes out and he has a quick first inning there and you know the phillies have to then piece together a long relief for four, five, six innings while trailing. But to get right back into that game, cut it in half right away was huge. Um, and it, it, to get that stadium just right back, right, as soon as Hoskins hit the home run, like you could tell everybody there knew like this game isn't going to end 4-2. You know, we have a chance to get back in this thing. Yep. And they did it in a hurry. And that's what the Phillies have done really well is they've answered quick when they've been in trouble and they've jumped out the leads quick when they've had the opportunity. Now, you know, you're facing Justin Verlander, so – it's probably not going to be many opportunities to just, you know, jump all over him. So when they do get their spots, they're going to have to take advantage of them right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, and I think, it, you know, it's, it's very cliche, but I think this game one's about as important <laughs> as any of the games. I mean, it's it's not going to get easier tomorrow or, I guess, Saturday night now, but uh, with Valdez on the mound. Valdez is pretty nasty. And I know, I mean, Verlander's probably, what, going to win the Cy Young, right? I mean, that's pretty much the, uh, he's the odds-on favorite if, you know, if I guess if it's not Shohei or whoever the fuck they, I honestly don't know. But, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just, I think it's a huge, just a huge, like, <laughs> this sounds so stupid too, like, legacy game for Nola, man. This is, like, this is, we we need him 
as much as we've ever needed him before. And I mean, we count we we we. We just want to get it to wheel. If we get it to wheeler, we're up one zero, man. We're me and you are singing a different tune here. Like we're worried, like we can really grab a stranglehold of this series. I think the feeling around Nola has just kind of changed a little bit based on what he did in that game too. But I, I don't. To me, he's pitched so well down the stretch. I don't. I don't have that like negative feeling towards him. I feel like it was just a bad game, one bad game, and I feel like he could bounce back easily in this game, game two or game one and kind of just give us a sort of historical performance, similar to how he put us in the playoffs, right? I mean, it's going to be hard to replicate that, but I, I, could, I, 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 bl- I do believe in Aaron Nolan. It's crazy that I'm saying that now. Yeah, I mean, I have confidence in him. I think the San Diego game got away from him a little bit. It was really – we gave up the back-to-back homers, but they were two swings. Uh, the one ball was kind of hooked down the line, snuck yeah. in. Um, but it was really that one inning that kind of got him where they just kind of stacked some hits together and – you know, a couple of good hitters got him, and and that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got it. He's a guy. He's another guy, just like Ranger Suarez, just like Wheeler. Um, Rob Thompson joked about after the game about uh, Ranger Suarez's heart rate on the mound, how it's resting at sixty three, and it was probably at sixty four when he came in to save it. Yeah, Noel's the same way. I mean, he's just going to go out there. He's going to be calm, cool, collected. He's going to he's going to pitch. I mean, he's going to give you his best effort. Um, and the biggest thing for Noel, even if he doesn't have his best stuff, is he's got to get in probably at least into the sixth inning of that game. Win or lose, you can't go to your bullpen early in game one. You just don't want the Astros to see those guys too many times, and you don't want to have to use up too many guys in that first game, you know, and not have them ready behind Wheeler in game two. Yeah, I mean, outside of what? I mean, Alvarado, Dominguez, uh, you could maybe include Eflin, you know, Robertson. Yeah, I mean, outside and, of – outside, I think I, I fully trust Eflin, Alvarado. And I, I do too, but some people and don't I, feel I the same way. I trust in Robertson, um, but outside of those four guys, I don't think there's really many more guys that you can really, really trust to come out of that bullpen unless it's Syndergaard, and he's probably got to be your game four starter. So you're probably not seeing him on the mound at all in Houston unless it's a dire situation. You get into extra innings or something where you really need to go to him. And then you kind of win that game when you can, and then you worry about game four when you get there. You're not a big uh, Brogdon or Bilotti guy? I actually don't mind Andrew Bilotti. I think in a middle relief, a fifth or sixth inning, he has to pitch you know, to three, four hitters. He's fine. Um, I could go without seeing Connor Brogdon or – Brad Hand ever thrown another inning uh, in a Phillies uniform. Um, and it's the World Series. I mean, it's seven games. It's guys like, I mean, Alvarado has said multiple times he's told Rob Thompson he wants to pitch every game. Um, there's there's no, nothing to save guys for at this point. So if they're healthy and they can go, you got to let them go. Yeah, and it's crazy. It always uh, was like, it's, of course, it's it's the World Series. So there's nothing, like you said, nothing's off the table. But it always like was blew my mind when like remember when the Giants would be in the World Series and Bumgar- when Bumgarner was on, he'd be like coming in in, the, in Game Seven and like to throw two innings when he just thrown like two days before. It was always like the all hands on deck. Like it, uh, I guess somebody said this on the radio that I was listening to the one day. It's like it's crazy how baseball is a marathon all season long. And then once they get to the playoffs, it just becomes this sprint, and you're using every guy that you can. Like we get to the end, Wheeler might be, you know, throwing. I, I think he's supposed to. It's scheduled to start game six or whatever. So you might see a Nola in game seven, or you know, like a starter, like kind of like how the Phils just threw Suarez in there to close the game out the other night because they needed somebody to throw strikes. Like you're just, you have to do whatever you can to win a game. It's there's nothing 
off limits or off the table, and that's kind of what makes the this part of the year so much fun for I mean any sort of baseball fan. It's just it, it's an incredible experience, and I gotta say, I mean I, I was we obviously weren't alive for '93, but it feels a lot like that season where those people were not expecting. We obviously I think we have a better team, uh, like name recognition and money and all that, whatever, but. It just feels like such a surprise year that you you could have never imagined that they would have done this or made this sort of run. And uh, it's hard to really, uh, I guess, put it into words or just kind of like just how important this is. And I tell any sort of Philly, I mean, remember when we were, you know, watching in 08 and 09 and we always thought like, it, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, Personally speaking, I always thought the Phillies were just going to be in it. Like when we won 08, I was like, "Oh, we're going to win next year. Or we'll win the year. Like we're just going to be in it every year." And we never, we never won it again. You know, like we were never back. We we made it back in 09, but then that was it. We had these ridiculous bomb squads, uh, incredible pitching rotations. You know, like historic teams that never got back to the World Series. So I just enc- encourage people and implore people to enjoy these games and just cherish these moments because you never know when they're going to come back. Yeah, I mean, that's what I think makes this run so special is, you know, it's kind of like you go, it's kind of like the Eagles in 2017. I mean, they were good. Coming into the year, you didn't expect anything from them. And then it's like, oh, they're really good. They might make a run. And then Wentz went down, and you're like, oh, all right, that might, you know, it was a good that's season. It. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go on the run. You didn't really expect that. And like this team, they're f- for the first time in 100, and we watched 162 games, we finally found out that like, these guys actually are fun because for 162 games, they were frustrating. They played a pretty boring brand of baseball. And it's like, oh, this team's actually really fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, because there was such little expectation, I mean, coming into the year, I mean, it was like, just make the playoffs and that's a success. And to be where they're at now and the way they're doing it and the amount of fun they're having and kind of the way they've all bought into the city and, and kind of just the players I think and fans have kind of bought into the moment the same way. And that's special. I mean, that goes a long way. And I think that clubhouse, like they know they're good players and they've known they're good players all year. And I think they were kind of pressing a little bit because they know they should have been having more success than they were having. But the most dangerous thing in the playoffs is a hot team that knows they're good and kind of feels like they should win. And yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it feels like now that this team kind of just shows up and they expect like, Hey, we should win. And if we're losing, we're going to come back. And they know, like, Harper's our guy. Schwarber's our guy. These guys are going to step up. Now, Hoskins is in big homers. He's starting to feel himself. And, like, when you can have a guy like Harper kind of just, he's not going to be the most vocal guy in the clubhouse, but kind of buy into the city. And then to do what he's doing, I, I, I think it's going to take whether they win the World Series or they, or they don't. Um, a week or two kind of removed from this whole run for, I mean, people are realizing it now, but to step back and kind of see like the guy, I mean, he's having one of the best playoffs in the history of baseball Yeah, with all the pressure on him. He's expected to do it. He has a partially torn UCL. He had a broken thumb. He was in and out of the lineup. He's DHing and it's just, he's just, it's like, it really is like a movie script. Like, yeah, they were in that game the other night, and they have a man on second, no outs, and they don't score. They could have tied the game. Somebody said to me, like, oh, that was probably the last opportunity. You know, this game's probably over. And I said, 
Not yet, I said. Bryce Harper still gets one more chance at it. And I didn't know if JT Real Muto is going to be on base or not. But, you know, he came up to the plate, and it was as crazy as it sounds, like me being a baseball person and knowing, like, you don't just walk up to the plate and just hit a home run. Like, that doesn't happen. But, like, I, like, looked – I was sitting there watching the game. I look at one of my buddies, and I was like, he might actually just hit a home run here. Like, he (laughs) – that's what – that's, like, the way you were feeling. And it was just, like – as soon as he hit the ball, like you watch him and you're like, he just, he just did that. Like it's like when he goes in the dugout and says like, I can't believe I just did that. Like that's how truly unbelievable that moment was. Like the guy who gets paid 330 million, who signs, you know, full new trade says, I want to be here forever. I want to, you know, have a parade down broad street for him to have that moment. And the amount of scrutiny and the ups and downs he's gone through in his career, he's barely, he's played in what, I think two NLDSs. He had no success when he was there in Washington. They win the World Series right after he leaves. You know, a lot of talk, oh, they didn't need him. He's overpaid, blah, blah, blah. For him to kind of just step up and do that, like that, as of right now, you know, that's like the highlight of his career. He may have a chance to, you know, top it in this series. But I mean, what he's done is just absolutely incredible. And when you're doing stuff like that, it's contagious and it just bleeds over to the rest of the team. And, you know, the next guy thinks, you know, why not me? Why can't I do that? And he just pumps up everyone around him, And it just, you can tell it's a locker room of guys who feel confident and they just like playing for each other. Yeah. And it's cool when you get guys like uh, a Schwarber who have been there, done that. And you have a guy like Bryce is just going to do it on the field. Like you say, he's not necessarily the most vocal guy. Schwarber can take over that, you know, like he can take over that role and be the, you know, quote unquote vocal leader. You got guys like Segura. You just have a wealth of character. Like you kind of talked about, like characters in this locker room that we didn't know. Like they're fun guys. Like this, this team had no character or just like any sort of personality all season long. But that's kind of just the how tough the baseball season is. It's just so long, and it kind of these guys have waited until this time. They're a team that has you know all the talent in the world. They believe they can win, and they have nothing to lose. We kind of have seen. You know, when the Phillies were making their run, how those teams that have everything to lose, the way they play with that enormous, immense pressure on their shoulders. I mean, you saw the Dodgers this year. They, they won how, what, how 110, like a ridiculous amount of games. They got to the playoffs, and it just felt like the weight of the world was on their shoulders at all times. And to your point about Bryce Harper, uh, like it is amazing. It's uh, We've never had an athlete come here in his prime and decide on his own accord to come to Philadelphia. We've traded for guys. We've you know we've done this or that. We've signed Elton Brands who were way way past their prime, and you know Asante Samuel that was a little different. But Bryce Harper is like a, a a true true blue superstar. Like there's no doubt no doubt about it. And he decided in his prime to come to Philadelphia and like you said lock down his the rest of his career. No trade clause. Thirteen years without question. Stay here for the rest of rest of his time, and. That 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 at bat the other day when he's just getting 97, 98, uh, fastball over fastball, 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 and then that guy drops that changeup and he doesn't even flinch, and he just sits there and it's like, oh boy, like he he is like stupid locked in right now. Like this is, you know, you're gonna have to give him something to hit, and they gave him something to hit, and he just fucking manned it over the left field fence, and like you said, a couple weeks from now, like we'll be able to realize it, win or lose. But like this is that will always go down as one of the greatest moments of my sports watching career, of uh, of just Philly's lore, his legacy, everything. Like that, you can't, you cannot make that up. You can't write that. If that was in a movie, you'd say that was bullshit. 
it, it, it was just it truly was remarkable. But uh, I mean, what else can you say, really? Because that that Bryce Harper is a guy who just does the the those things, the unthinkable, the just this remarkable sort of clutch out of this world kind of stuff. And like they kind of said, like you know he, but when he hit that home run against the Cubs, he sprinted around the bases. This time he kind of knew, like it, it just something in him knew, like he was built for this moment. He had, he begged for this his whole life to just have an at bat where he could send his team to the World Series. And I mean, he hit it. I'll tell you what was my favorite moment of, of well, other than that with the playoffs was when he hit the double in Game uh, Four and and slid in the second and said, "This is my fucking house." That that was. Not, nothing will beat that, especially after Machado hits a home run in the, in the uh, beginning of the game and puts his finger to his ear. So Yeah, with 46,000 chance, Manny sucks, and he just deposits the first <laughs> 25 for his team. It's like, hey, we could do Manny sucks if, if he's hitting against Wheeler, but like, if he's hitting against Bally Falter, maybe let's not do Manny sucks chance. <laughs> nothing better than depositing one 25 rows deep in left field just to let everyone know that I'm still the man. But what is your official prediction? I so I think I'm gonna go Phillies and six. Okay. I I can't not take the Phillies. Um, I don't think they can win in seven. So I'm gonna say Phillies and six. Yeah, Wheeler on the mound, game six. I like Phillies and six. I've picked Phillies in five or six, other than the the Brave series. I did pick the four. I got lucky on that one. But uh, if you had to pick a World Series MVP, now I hear a lot of conversation of the Astros are gonna be pitching around. Like we should change the lineup. Because the Astros are going to pitch around Harper to get to Castellanos, but I, I I truly believe you can't be moving their lineup around or be scared for them to go after Castellanos. Castellanos is a high quality baseball player, and you can't be scared to have him be up with guys on base. Like I I, I don't I don't truly believe in that thought process, but I would just like to hear what you think about the MVP discussion. Yeah, I think if you're Houston at this point, you're going to probably do everything you can not to let Bryce Harper beat you. And I, I mean, you, you have to think that way. If you're the Phillies, the same way. You got to do what you can not to let Jordan Alvarez beat you. So someone else is going to have to do it. Um, Hoskins is hot. I mean, you you hope he kind of can stay on this hot streak and, and continue what he's doing. Um, but you know what? I'm going to just throw two bold predictions at you. Okay. I'm going to say... Three bold predictions. Whoa. I have, just to make this thing come full circle and just, you know, finish the storybook ending, we're going to go World Series MVP, one or two guys. First guy is going to be one of my two predictions. It's going to be Aaron Nola, World Series MVP. Wow. And he pitches at least at one point out of the bullpen. Okay. And just to, just to write the story – you know, finish it off, come full circle. We're going to go World Series MVP. Couple big hits with guys on base in front of them because they pitch around the middle of the order. Alec Boom. Wow. I like He's going to make a lot of contact. He's going to get opportunities. Maybe sneaks a cheapy home run in in that short porch in Houston. And I think they pitch around Harper. Castellanos does his job. And Alec Boom delivers in a couple big situations. A couple doubles in the gap. Maybe a bases clearing double at some point. You know, from I hate this fucking place to World Series MVP Alec Bohm. To I love this place. Yo, one of my favorites was Zach Eflin uh, <laughs> being interviewed live on uh, 
on Comcast Sportsnet, and they're like, well, what, do you, what, do you, what do you have to say to the people in Philadelphia about the World Series? Like, how are you feeling? He says, let's fucking go. Like, <laughs> just let's out of, let's fucking go. And Johnny Airports did not know what to do, man. He was a, he was a little a little shook. <laughs> John Clark is one of the largest reporters I've ever seen in my life, for the record. He is a big dude. He's towering over Zach Eflin, which makes no sense. But my official prediction, Kyle Schwarber. I think Kyle Schwarber, a guy who is – been there, done that, has played in some of the biggest moments, is going to feed into that experience and lean on that. And I think him, you know, I think it's going to be a lefty who's going to have a big series here. Schwarber's done a little bit here and there, but I think he he goes back to nuclear mode here in the World Series and he becomes a guy you can't even pitch to. Kyle Schwarber and the Phils win in six games with the gem by Wheeler. And we celebrate all up and down Broad Street, and it's one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest stories that this city will ever be able to write, other than that World Series. You mentioned that how these this team reminds you of the Eagles. I think that they, they remind me of when the Flyers were making their Stanley Cup run, but this time they actually going to win it because the Flyers had a lot of big, big time name guys. Uh, guys who kind of had been there and done that, but they just weren't able to put it together during the regular season. And then come the playoffs, they kind of just woke up, you know, and started lighting teams up in the first three, other than the Boston series. But, you know, they it's just, I don't know. It's just either way. I mean, it's just a historic, historic run. I, I, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, we can compare them to these other teams, but obviously every everything is different. But, do you have any parting parting words for the people of the city of Philadelphia and the Delaware Valley as you head into your, uh, you, you know, we'll, we'll, have you been a lunatic watching these games? Uh, yes and no. Um, I mean, when I've been at the games, it's just, you know, it's nonstop energy. Uh, I went to the clincher versus the Braves. I was at that game and then I was at uh game four the other night, which was really cool. Cause it kind of, that game just had a little bit of everything and yeah. had bad pitching, good pitching, offense, base running, um, so that was that was just like kind of a classic playoff game, but you know, I, no, I just kind of try to you know sit back. It's a nine inning game, kind of let baseball play out. But I'll tell you what, when those when it gets late in that game, I'm the first guy. Oh, yeah. I I I can't sit down. Nope. Um, I was I was watching at my house, you know, when they clinched the other day, and I'm standing up. And I said, Bryce Harper hits a home run here. I have to run down the street. Like I'm gonna have to do it. And he hits the home run. I look at my roommate. I'm like. Well, I said I got to do it, so I just went out on the front porch and just started screaming, "Bryce Harper MVP!" And like my neighbors across the street have no no clue about sports, <laughs> and they're looking at me like I'm a crazy person. And then you know I come back inside and I'm like, I can't, like I'm just walking around the house, like you know, hanging on every pitch Robertson throws. And I'm like, you got to get him out of there. Get him out. Yep. <laughs> and then Suarez comes in and the guy bunts the ball. And I'm like, oh my god, wet ball. He's gonna throw it away. Oh my god, and, you know, Ranger, calm, cool, and collective just makes the play. But yeah, I mean. I'm definitely a crazy person when it comes to like walking around, pacing, but for baseball, it's just a little bit different than other sports. Like, I'm not going to like scream and yell on every pitch no. like I would on, you know, an, an NBA game or an NFL game. But yeah, it's definitely, you know, when those games get tense, uh, I watched the Cardinal series. I was in Tampa and I'm in a hotel room by myself. I was away and I'm just sitting there pacing around my hotel room by myself, like yep. trying to watch them get the last out and just get to the NLDS. Um, but no, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I live here in South Philly now, so you know they finish off that game, and within thirty seconds of the last out, I mean, there's people honking horns, people are banging pots and pans like it was New Year's Day. Yeah, um, it was absolutely incredible. And then 
you know, I try to go up to Xfinity and within 10 minutes I I'm walking down broad and, and you can't even get broad and chunk. You wouldn't even know that there's a street there. I mean, there's just people everywhere and it just, it's so amazing the way the city can rally behind a team. And I think these guys on this team are really starting to realize that. And guys like Schwarber and Castellanos are kind of like really starting to understand, like, you know, they know that's why they came here and, for them to be able to really appreciate that now in their first years is awesome. Um, but yeah, for the fans, I mean, and, and for all of us, it's just like, we just have to soak it all in and enjoy it. Cause you know, we had the run, we won in 08, got back in 09 and we're really good in 10 and 11. And it was 11 years since then. So yep. it can be gone in a blink of an eye, but I think what's special about this team is like, this is a group that has a lot of guys on their contract for a while. It's a pretty young team. Um, and this is their first year together and, you know, hopefully they're just getting started and, you know, you're not expecting them. They're not going to go to the world series every year, but I think this is going to be really huge for like years to come and them just kind of taking this momentum, carrying it through. Yep. I think next year you're going to see, you know, attendance up people kind of, you know, that stadium starting to sell out again during the regular season and people really like loving baseball in Philadelphia again and, you know, getting those sellouts like you were getting in 08, 09, 10. Um, I think this, this run is just really big for the entire franchise in general. Yeah, man, uh, I'm with you on the whole. I, I'm a big energy management guy. I watch the game uh, until un- I'm good until probably usually when the starter gets taken out or you know once around the sixth inning comes around, I start losing my mind. Like that's I usually remain pretty quiet, give a couple fists, you know, fist pumps, a couple claps when home runs are happening or you know good stuff. Yeah, a little couple of those, but I'm an absolute raving lunatic once the you know like the end of those games come along and it's just you start losing your goddamn mind. But yeah, I mean seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. If the other if we have the lead and there's guys on base on the other team and like my Apple Watch is just buzzing like your heart rate is way too high. I'm like I'm sitting on the couch, but it's my- second and third and Brad hands in. What do you want me to do? Mind your own damn business, Apple. Fucking- yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, Take it's, it easy, Jobs. Yeah, fuck you, Jobs. Mind your own business right now. Like, get, get someone else up in the bullpen. That's if you yeah, want to help my heart, my heart rate. rate to be high. Well, then don't bring in Brad Hand. Yeah, uh, I really hope we don't see a lot of Brad Brad Hand here. It's uh, I I am worried about that game four, but hopefully it's it's a two one or maybe even a three zero, and then. You know, I, I we really they really haven't given Syndergaard a lot of uh, innings or uh, length in these games, but I guess that's for good reason. They don't really trust him to go far. But I guess we've seen the last of uh, any sort of uh, Bailey Falter start or anything like that. It's, yeah, you have to believe that you may get Syndergaard out of the bullpen in game one or two, maybe for an inning, and then you know he's a one or two time through the lineup guy in game four, and then hope your bullpen's set up to where you can go to some guys behind them. Yeah. Uh, so there it is. We've given our predictions. Uh, it is up to you people. Go Phils to watch it. Uh, I mean, you'll you'll have an Eagles game on Sunday. You know, Eagles are six and zero going for seven and zero. Be really shocking if they don't win on Sunday, coming off the bye and playing the lowly, which is a crazy thing to say, the lowly Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, hopefully, Doc Rivers is fired pretty soon. So there, <laughs> there's that. And uh, you know, you got uh, Torts' flyers are, are flying around here. So you know, it's a great time to end the Union. I know you're a big Union guy. They, uh, yeah, Union you know? Eastern Conference Final, looking for some real big payback. On NYFC Sunday night, uh, you know, this time we'll, they'll have all their players available. They won't have seven starters out due to COVID. So we'll see how good NYFC really thinks they are when they, they come to old Subaru Park in Chester on Sunday night. Let's go. It's a different environment down there when the Sons of Ben get going. Uh, and I know none of, half of those people have not seen one Phillies game. That's uh, <laughs> the, the people who watch the Union. They watch the Union. They lock in on that. But 
Uh, Dean, thank you for joining me. Uh, enjoy the World Series, everyone, and uh, we shall. I'll, I'll see you probably back uh, Sunday or Monday to to give you, give everyone a nice little recap of what happened this weekend because we'll have a lot to talk about. Yes, sir. We're talking about the fightings. <laughs>